Adnan Burke works for ESPN. Adnan, I don't even know how to describe you because you pretty much do everything. I, you know, I've seen you on every show. Uh, you've done baseball. You host the college football. You're, of course, the host of the Cinephile podcast. And next Tuesday, you're going to be reviewing a baseball movie. You'll be talking to Paul Rudd. How would you describe what you do at ESPN? Buster, I would say jack of all trades, but master of none. I wear up my welcome quickly. <laughs> I'm serviceable and adequate. And then I get shipped to the other department where they try to find a home for me. Seriously, <laughs> I just covered boxing for the first time. I don't know if you've ever been to a fight in Vegas, but I haven't followed boxing in years. But I was there for the Crawford Horn fight. I can't think of any other sport. The best part is before the event. The coolest part is when the fighters actually enter the ring. After that, you know, it's kind of chaos. But I can't think of any other sport like that. So you're right. I'm lucky to be doing so many different things here at ESPN. Well, and I know this. Uh, whatever you do, you're always prepared. You always have some thoughts. You always, uh, you know, have the background on things, which is why I, I absolutely, you, the first person to popped into mind when I saw this week that this is the 30th anniversary of the release of the movie Bull Durham. And I thought, you know what? Uh, we, we, we gotta talk to Adnan about the top 10 baseball movies of all time. We'll get to that in a second, but a quick thought from you. I was just talking with Keith Law because you know college football. Uh, the news came out last night that Kyler Murray is signing with the Oakland Athletics, but he also is gonna play one more year at Oklahoma. And look, I don't know Kyler Murray. I don't know much about his standing at Oklahoma. I do know that if he plays out with this plan of going one year at Oklahoma before really diving into professional baseball, he's out of his mind. And I hope someone convinces him otherwise. Tell me what you think. Yeah, you know, this whole theory of two-sport athletes, it never actually works, Buster. Obviously, those wonderful memories we have of Bo Jackson hitting home runs and also being a great running back and Deion Sanders uh, being a great uh, member of the secondary for the Falcons and also being able to hit for the Braves. Those are such rare instances of that actually happening. Generally speaking, you've got to pick one or the other. And I know you and I agree, and Tim Kirchner has talked about this, that growing up, you should have athletes that play all sports. But eventually yep. you do have to specialize. It's like just the workforce, the way it's all. You you take all your courses in college, but eventually you say, no, I want to focus on English, and that's where I major. And you're right, as a football player, especially a quarterback for Oklahoma, you're taking some major hits. You're obviously in the eye of the storm. Um, you're taking over for Baker Mayfield, of course, who's the number one draft pick there. So all people are gunning towards you. If you suffer a major injury, I mean, that could be traumatic towards your baseball career. And I understand people would say, well, injuries can always occur, but not every player is the quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. He could just be playing baseball and holding his crap in that respect. So I admire the ambition, but I'd be awfully hesitant if I was in his inner circle. Yeah, and I assume, I, I really believe this, at some point before their season starts, Oklahoma season starts, the cooler heads will prevail and they'll see the logic of him just saying, you know what, I love the idea of playing football, but I'm going to focus on baseball. All right, so let's get your top ten list of baseball movies. Josh, take it away. Number one. So number one, I've got Eight Men Out. And the reason I love this film is it's not only a great baseball movie, it's a great morality film. Oh, yes, I'm getting applause. I love it. You guys are great. Uh, John Sales is, of course, the writer-director of this film. For those who don't know what it's about, it's about the Black Sox scandal of 1919 when the players threw the World Series. And if you don't know much about it, you watch this film and you have tremendous sympathy for the players who are clearly getting screwed by Comiskey, who is a rather penurious owner, and you really have a lot of empathy for these guys. It's a wonderful cast. I love David Strathair, and he plays Eddie Seacott. You've got Charlie Sheen. You've got John Cusick as Buck Weaver, the late John Mahoney, who just passed away as Kit Gleason. Uh, and even John Sales himself plays Ring Lardner, the uh, famous sports writer, who in this uh, scene, very memorable, sings I Am Forever Blowing Ball Games. 
Honestly, it's a wonderful story, and I love the ending, Buster. It's a really wonderful scene at the end, and it's a real tribute to Shoeless Joe Jackson, who has been unfortunately been uh, pilloried throughout baseball history. But I love Eight Men Out. That's my number one. That's awesome. I've got it at my number three. Uh, so we're in the same ballpark, which is why I was clapping. Josh, what did you have it at? Uh, I do not have it ranked. Haven't seen it. Number what? two. <laughs> I agree with Buster's explanation of what? Uh, number two is Field of Dreams. Okay, I know it's hokey. I know it's sentimental, but I love it. Listen, story about fathers and sons. It's so timeless. I love the W.P. Kinsella novel, Shoeless Joe, upon which it's based. It's a fable, and I guess that's not going to reach for everybody because it's sentimental. But honestly, it tugs at the heartstrings for me. There's nothing better than a father and a son wanting to have a catch. And I love the supporting cast. I mean, James Earl Jones is fabulous. Uh, Timothy Busfield's very good. Amy Madigan's in a memorable scene about book burning. And it's obviously got a lot of humor in there as well. So I think now it's maybe become a part of pop culture, and people joke about hearing voices in Iowa farmers. But honestly, at the time, it was a beautiful film, and I think it holds up. Number two is Field of Dreams. I got him at number five, but you're making me miss the the idea of father and son playing catch. Uh, Josh, what do you got? I also have it at number two. Yes, I mean anybody with a heart uh, and a dad loves uh, loves that scene. Number three. How can you not resist Major League? The funniest baseball movie ever made about a group of misfits in the Cleveland Indians who are expected to tank, but obviously soar into contention. Wonderful cast. Tom Berenger, apparently they said the role was based on Gary Carter, this aging catcher with bad knees who tries to leg out one more infield single. I know the ending's preposterous that he laid down a bunt, but honestly it's so much fun. And uh, Wesley Snipes is great as Willie Mays Hayes. He could hit like Mays and run like Hayes. And Charlie Sheen, of course, playing Wild Thing Vaughn. Really funny movie, irresistible, sweet. And, of course, Bob Uecker, just a bit outside. <laughs> I got it at number six. How about you, Josh? Number one. Love that movie. Oh. We'll watch it anytime it comes on. As you said, Adnan, Uecker steals the show there. Uh, absolutely number one for me. Number four. Number four is The Natural, and I have it with a bit of an asterisk because the book is actually better than the movie. I know that's often the case, but the ending is dramatically different Bernard Malamud's book, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but go read the book, and you'll be awfully depressed afterwards. But the movie is wonderful. Obviously, Robert Redford's one of the great screen actors. I think him as a baseball movie just fits this the way Kevin Costner plays so many athletes. It's a nice love story. Robert Duvall, I know, plays a sports owner. Nobody would ever be this evil as Max Mercy, but I always love Duvall. And the ending, even though it deviates from the book, is incredible. I mean, everybody knows the ending of The Natural and the way that it just lifts your spirits. Beautiful score as well. I love the music. Barry Levinson directed it. Number four, The Natural. Uh, one thought on that. Yes, absolutely, there's sports writers that evil. I can promise you. Some are <laughs> popping to mind. And two, I'm getting a little upset. Because there's something I'm not hearing. But go ahead, Josh. Where you got it? I have that at number six, Buster. Why does that, what, what is upsetting you right now? I'm not, I just, let's, let's I, move I, ahead. I could, I could guess what Buster's getting at, but we'll get to it soon, I promise. Number five. Number five is Ken Burns' Baseball. This is an absolutely amazing documentary. I know it's a little bit long, but honestly, if you can appreciate the level of baseball history in this story, and more than anything, it's an amazing tribute to the Negro Leagues and what Jackie Robinson was able to in breaking the color barrier. Almost every episode of Ken Burns' Baseball deals with race in America, and it really is an amazing tribute to what all those guys did from the likes of Josh Gibson uh, to Satchel Page to Double Duty Radcliffe and so many more. That was more than anything what I learned about Ken Burns' Baseball is how instrumental the Negro Leagues were. And then, of course, the amazing storytelling of what happened in the 50s and 60s. And if you're a baseball fan... 
and you can appreciate history. How can you not love reliving Ted Williams going for 400 and DiMaggio's hit streak and Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and all the rest of it? The only quibble is the later episodes, I think, weren't as strong when they came back for the 10th inning and dealing with the steroid era, only because we're living in it now. I think you need the passage of time to go back and look at it. Um, but I love it. I know some people bust their quibble. They say there's some historical inaccuracies, but in this case, I love the spirit of Ken Burns' baseball and what he's trying to accomplish more than anything. I should have known that someone who has a podcast called Cinephile would have included Ken Burns. I did not even consider it, but no doubt if I considered the documentary in this, absolutely it would be in my top ten. I agree with that. Josh? I agree. I loved it. I didn't include it because I wasn't even thinking straight. Um, and, yeah, we're, and, we're idiots. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, idea. exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's a, an omission, and it's my fault. Number six. All right, this is why I think Buster is so upset. I finally get to Bull Durham celebrating his 30th anniversary. Finally! Number six. I know. Fine. I can tell where Buster was going with it. Uh, listen, you ask baseball players, Buster knows this, you ask any of them, and inevitably their favorite movie, baseball movie, is Bull Durham because Ron Shelton, himself the writer-director, played minor league baseball, and so he understands what minor league baseball is like, the bus trips, the bad food, and the romances with some women like Susan Sarandon just lurking around the dugout trying to have some fun with some young players. Uh, Costner, again, fits the role like a glove. The speech alone that he gives is so good. We had Ron Shelton on Cinephile last year, and I asked him to recite the speech, and of course he was able to do from memory. Uh, it's a really good movie, and it's very entertaining. And like I said, baseball people, particularly themselves, love Bull Durham. I had it in number one. Josh? Number four, uh, and I knew you were going to have it at number one, Buster. I know how much you love it. It's a really good movie. I think people overrated a little bit. Number seven. Wow. Boss, you got to counter to that. that Josh is dropping bombs before hitting the sounder. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That, that's he's using the production the to board. shut me I, down. That's exactly right. Okay. I control the pace. Yeah. Okay. There'll be price to pay. <laughs> Go ahead, Adnan. Uh, number seven is Pride of the Yankees. Again, this is a classic black and white film. Uh, Gary Cooper playing Lou Gehrig. It's amazing because you can't even think about Lou Gehrig without thinking of Gary Cooper. Uh, we know about the famous speech that he gave on his farewell and how good Cooper nailed it in the movie. But honestly, it's a really nice tribute to a legend who, for many people, remains an underrated baseball legend, Luke Gehrig. You know about the disease, but you don't realize what a great player he was and what a real gentleman he was. You know, playing alongside Babe Ruth, who was this hard-drinking, carousing womanizer, uh, Gehrig was the epitome of a genial, good guy, close to his mother, friendly person, and obviously played the game with such grace. And like I said, Gary Cooper, never better. Pride of the Yankees is my number seven. I didn't have it in my top 10. It would have been like in the 11 to 15 range. Josh? Um, listen, you can bust my chops for not having seen a movie from 1983. You can't bust my chops for not having seen a movie from 1783. So I haven't seen it. It didn't make my list. Number eight. Wow. By the way, that's, that's Hembo's favorite baseball movie. So get him talking about Pride of the Eight. Hembo's even, Hembo's an older soul than I am. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number eight is Moneyball. Listen, we're focusing so much on players. How about the executives and the job that Brad Pitt did playing Billy B in the story about the 2001 Oakland Athletics and the way he used sabermetrics to outlast his uh, superiors and his contemporaries who had a lot more money and a lot more resources than him. Yes, I know there's some glaring errors, the fact they just completely omit the fact they had Hudson, Mulder, and Zito. And yes, there's maybe a little bit too much focus on the likes of Scott Hatterberg rather than Miguel Tejada, but honestly put aside the baseball and just focus on what this is, which is an underdog story, which is that pe- people who use smarts and use their means around them to, to catapult themselves towards winning. Good supporting cash, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I really like Moneyball. I did not have it in my top ten, and i got to tell you, I think this is a classic case, so I'm too close to it. It bothers right. me. I don't even really know Art Howell that well. 
I hated the demonizing of him in the book, and I hated it in the movie, and I know so many people in the sport talk about Art Howe, and they felt like, you know, that character that will live on forever just wasn't fair, and I'm sorry, I just can't get past that. Josh? That's absolutely legitimate, Buster, um, but, you know, kind of tacking on to what Adnan said, as a movie itself, I thought it was a yeah. really, really I, good I just can't film. separate myself. Fair enough. I have it at number three. I love Moneyball. Number nine. Wow. All right. Well done, Josh. All in the theater metrics. Number nine is banging the drum slowly. Baseball is about what? Fathers and sons, but also about male friendship. And it's a wonderful story between Michael Moriarty's character and the dim, slow-witted catcher who is dying, played by Robert De Niro. Not enough people have seen Bang the Drum Slowly. It came out in the mid-70s, but it's, like I said, a wonderful story about friendship and about baseball and about how one helps another. It's a really sweet, moving story. I'm going to go ahead and say Josh Macri has not seen it. Buster, help me out. (laughs) Bang the Drum Slowly is a really good baseball movie. Yeah, I'm not. it's not in my top ten. I'm starting to get upset again. Josh? Yeah, no, Adnan was absolutely right. haven't seen it. Number (laughs) ten. And lastly is The Sandlot, which I can epitomize with one sentence. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> uh, well, I will tell you this. I've never seen Sandlot. What? what? I've never seen it. I I don't know. I just had no interest in seeing that. And Adnan, I'm upset because what about 61? What about 42? Like, I, I love those two movies. They were both in my top four. Uh, a real quick note on 61. I got to say this. You know, Billy Crystal was obviously behind the making of that movie. Uh, he was around the Yankees a lot when I covered the team, and he was kind of a pain. You know, he would drop his head in the middle of where, like, we're trying to do work in our post-game yeah. interviews, and, and he would – and it was kind of annoying, and I, I assumed – that when Billy Crystal started production on 61, I was like, oh, great. It's going to be a, you know, a, a love story with uh, Mickey Mantle and the whole thing. I thought it was fantastic. He did a great job of that movie. I thought it was a dead honest movie about Mantle, about the, his relationship with Maris, which I enjoyed. Uh, and, really well uh, Josh, cast. I love uh, Barry Pepper as Maris. Thomas James yes. is a very charismatic Mantle. You're right. It's a very good movie. I should have found a spot for somewhere. But uh, 42, you know, I didn't care for Harrison Ford as Branch Rickey. I just didn't buy him in that role. And that's what took Got away it. from the movie for me. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is very good, though. You're right. And as an appreciation of Jack, it's good. By the way, also missing the cut, A League of Their Own, Cobb, and Bad News Bears. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are right right on the edge for me as well. Um, yeah, the one thing I loved about 42, I, I thought they – Absolutely, uh, were, again, I think honesty is so important. And in that case, I mean, just absolutely dead on portrayals about the level of racism, especially with Ben Chapman, the manager of the Phillies. Josh, I, I interrupted you. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. I, I had 42 at seven. I had 61 at nine. I had a league of their own at eight. All movies that Adnan, uh, mentioned that, that he omitted. And, uh, guys, I, I think the fact that neither of you had this, uh, is disrespectful and it's unacceptable. Uh, coming in at number ten for me, uh, starring starring our old friend Jason Stark, who should have won an Oscar for this million dollar. <laughs> oh no, no, John Hamm, unbelievable. Yeah, listen, what wonderful story. And Stark was very good. I liked the scene of all the sports writers out there scouting, but I, it didn't work for me. A little bit long, a little bit cheesy. It wasn't crazy about through it. through no fault of Jason's though. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, Stark was incredible. It was, yeah, the rookie also not receiving any votes here as well. I should mention the Albert Brooks movie. Or the scout is the Albert Brooks movie, excuse me. Yeah, and I like the fact that we're ending this segment, Adnan, before you guys can dig into the fact that I haven't seen the Sandlot. Thanks for doing this, <laughs> I Adnan. I to say, the, the tweets are going to be coming, Buster underscore ESPN. I, I worry you. I worry for you, Buster. People are going to come at you with this one.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.